Today we're doing a, a celebration Sunday, uh, so I want to just, I just really feel like I want to give an opportunity for, for, for some of you guys just to, just to share what, what God's been doing, and I know there are, are countless testimonies in the, in the house this morning. I've just asked four people, I'd love to really open the floor and just have like a, a morning of testimonies, but I think that could go on forever, um, so uh, I've just asked four people to come and share this morning. Um, and then I'm going to just do, do a, a very short and very simple, simple message to, to finish up. Okay, so I, I trust your faith will, will just be stirred and, um, and you can really just, just enjoy what, what God has been doing um, this year through, through the testimonies of, um, of those who are going to share this morning. So please do warmly welcome them as they, as they come to share. I'm going to ask uh, Laura to start us off. Okay, three years ago, we moved from Durban to East London. It was a tough decision with a lot of uncertainty, but something God had clearly called, to us, called us to through a number of prophetic words and miracles. Amongst all this, we decided as a family to seek first the kingdom in all we did. Shofar has provided an amazing structure to be able to seek God in many different ways. As a family, we've been involved in encounters, life groups, Kids Church, my daughter's on the leadership and the youth, and one of the things I found as a great opportunity to grow was Bible school. It provided a platform for me to get deeper into the Word, engage with the leadership of the church, and Bible school was also a great opportunity to get out of my comfort zone as we prayed and gave and received prophetic words among each other. It gave me freedom in areas um, that I'd previously struggled with. And in Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, If we believe in God, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And for our family, this has been such an incredible truth. In seeking God first, we have experienced God's amazing faithfulness and blessing in everything that we have done. My husband's business, the work that he's doing, has been amazingly blessed in the three years that we've been here. For three years, I haven't actually been working I came here thinking I was going to get a job straight away, and it didn't happen. But in that time of restoration, I've got such amazing prophetic words. I got involved in Bible school. I got involved in a prayer group at my girls' school at Sterling Primary. Um, I got involved in a ladies' group in the mornings with Hanley. And it was just an amazing time of growth. And I remember when I said to Hanley, she gave me a prophetic, I got a prophetic word that said, you're going to be an amazing woman of God with strength and you're going to impact children and families. And obviously, that's what I do. I teach. And Hanley said to me, be specific when you pray. And Brad said to me at the end of this year, now, listen, you've got to get a job for next year. You need to start getting your CV together. Send it out to all the schools um, to get a job. So I said, no, I'm not sending it out to all the schools. I'm not getting my CV together. I'm going to get a job at Sterling Primary. And it's going to be probably grade three, junior primary, I was told to be specific, so I prayed about it. And literally a week after that, when Brad asked me again, have I got my CV together, the school phoned me and said exactly this. Hi, Laura, I was just wondering if you are still interested in a permanent post at Sterling Primary School for next year. And I said, yes. She said, well, there's a junior primary post. It is grade three. And if you want it, it's yours. <laughs> and I remember saying, Thank you. And I put the phone down and it was a whole 30 seconds, the phone call. 
So no interviewing, no CVs, and now I've got a job there for next year. When we moved here three years ago as well, we were very concerned about our kids making friends, new schools. Everything was new for them, new town, and even with us, new friends, new church, and we have just been amazingly, amazingly blessed with wonderful, wonderful friendships, in this, specifically in this church, and also my children have grown so amazingly. Um, my little girl, who's now 12, at the beginning of the year, she decided that she wanted to pray with her um, sport teams that she played with, and she did it once. She thought she would only do it once in her netball. And every week before every single match, she prays with her team and they just pray for thanking God for their talents. Maybe if they're traveling, that they won't get injured. And it filtered into her hockey team. And now she does it in her hockey team as well. So God's moving amazingly in her as the shining light she is. But it doesn't all happen by chance. You have to make a conscious decision to actively seek and pursue God passionately, which may require commitment and sometimes sacrifice. But finding God and experiencing his awesome blessing and abundance of who he is, is just so worth it. So I want to encourage you all to take opportunity that Shofar offers you. Find the time, make a commitment, sacrifice what you need to, but don't miss out on experiencing more of God in everything you do. Amen. Thanks, Laura. Yes, that's fantastic. Uh, next up, Carl. I must, I must be very honest that, yeah, it's still quite terrifying coming to stand up here. It is my third time doing so, but, wow, well, if you guys can just do me a favor, just pick up your chairs and look that way. So, <laughs> uh, All right, yeah, so... From the uh, beginning of this year, uh, well, let's start from December last year where JP was talking earlier. December 2016 was a bit of a rough patch in my life. Uh, I was in East London for six months at the time. I was kind of very introverted. I, the only person I knew was, well, the only person I actually knew was Bruce. <laughs> Out of everyone, yeah. But anyway, uh, very introverted person and I was kind of huffed up on most things that I could get myself, well, Mostly grass, but anyway, let's, let's not go, carry on with that now. So anyway, uh, I completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, so the one day uh, come to church and so on, and I can't remember who it was. Someone said, check it. Do you, do you maybe want to volunteer for the ushering? It's like, uh, okay, not really, but okay, let's give it a shot. From there on, it's like, well, from there on, uh, I enjoyed it, I must be honest. But after that, I, I kind of started coming to Sundays, Sunday mornings. It was kind of for works, you know, like God is going to see me if I do this. God is going to see me if I do this. And yeah, uh, I came to the realization pretty quickly, no, it doesn't work that way. God loves us either way. So uh, so yeah, I started doing ushering. The, I must be honest, the, the quickest way I started getting out of my shell is when they started putting me at the front door, like handing out welcome packs. You, you don't have a choice but to greet the people that come in. It makes it very difficult, you know. But yeah, eventually I started getting to know people. It was actually nice, like getting to know the Shofar family a bit better. And yeah, that was pretty much how the ushering thing started coming into place. I still enjoy doing it where I can. It's, it's a lot of fun. When it came to the, the youth side, this was the really funny story. I went to small group for the first time. I get chucked in between a whole bunch of random people. Like myself alone, like sitting there, it's like, okay, I just got saved. And all these people are like, okay, so tonight we're going to prophesy. So 
What is, what is prophecy? No, no, you'll see, you'll see. You're just going to write, you're going to think of a pink elephant in your head and you're going to write it down on a piece of paper. Okay. So yeah, they, we did all the prophecies and stuff and someone wrote on my page that I'm going to work with children. And I leave that small group that night and as I'm walking up the driveway, I am laughing. It's like me, children. No chance. No, no, it's not going to happen. Eh? So anyway, uh, a couple of months later, Pastor Andre approaches me directly after church one day. He's like, hey, do you want to work in the youth? It's like, whoa, <laughs> okay. It, it kind of just comes to show that if God wants you to do it, you're going to do it. It's going to happen. But anyway, th- when it came to the youth, this was where the fun started because, I don't know, just getting to know like how to be more childlike, getting to know how to just let go in worship and prayer and all that, just praying with little children and so on because me, myself, being quite new to faith, it made it a lot easier because with the little children, it's like I'm growing with them, if I can put it that way. And yeah, it was... Uh, it's a, very, it's a very good growing curve, if I can put it that way. I would actually recommend some, some of you guys maybe joining the youth leadership if you're keen. So, yeah, well, that's pretty much what I've got to say. Awesome. Thanks, Carl. That's so great. Um, Bernard. God is good. I feel quite honored speaking to you guys this morning. Um, as my family and I have been so blessed since coming to Shofar, When we first arrived here a few months ago, um, our family was broken, emotionally and spiritually. We had basically reached rock bottom, and we did not know which way to turn. We'd lost John Dory's restaurant a year ago, and this had basically crippled us financially. We had to have sold our bed and breakfast, and we were forced to close our other transport business. But it's through our daughter, Courtney, and her boyfriend's mother that we were introduced to Shofar. Since recommitting our lives to the Lord and following Jesus, we have grown closer as a family. Michelle, my wife, and I, we attended the marriage course, and then encounter one, three, and four. We also joined a small group, and we've met some amazing people at the small group. One person that stands out in particular was a man by the name of Festus, who through Jesus or through the Lord was able to heal me of my diabetes. But the biggest impact that God has made in our lives is when Michelle, Courtney, and I attended a counter four. Unfortunately, Courtney, due to matric finals, couldn't be at the Monday night um, story, so she didn't do the whole encounter like we, like Michelle and I did. And one of the things that Pastor Andrew spoke to us about at that encounter was fasting. Now, when I started recommitting myself to the Lord, the Lord spoke to me in numerous ways about fasting. In the same way as what Carl said now, um, if the Lord wants you to do something, He's going to make you do it. And during the encounter, we had been divided into groups. Michelle and I were not in the same group, so we had no communication with each other. And... uh, when we were spoken about the fasting, I thought, okay, well, I'll start on the Tuesday and get myself worked into this thing and then finish on the Thursday morning. Michelle, unfortunately, had other ideas, and she was like, I've had my last cup of coffee now. We're starting now. And I realized immediately that's God's commandment to me that we must start now, and we did. We prayed. We prayed about restoration for our business, for our family, broken relationships. 
And God answered every single one of those um, prayers. As I mentioned earlier, our transport business had taken a serious knock. And had it not been for people that God has sent to us to start up again, I don't think I'd be standing here. We are transport brokers and rely heavily on companies and people owning 36 and 34 ton trucks. Our business was doing an average of five to six loads per day. With some, lo- some days, we're only doing two or three loads. On Wednesday morning, we broke fast, and after having a healthy breakfast, headed off for the office. That day, the floodgates opened, and we were inundated with trucks and loads. We ended the day with 15 loads done. By the time we arrived back on Friday, we had done 48 loads. Since, since that Wednesday morning... Guys, it hasn't stopped. We are still averaging around 10 to 12 loads per day. Some days even doing up to 20 loads. The rest of Encounter 4 blessed us. We were able to cast out our demons and allow the Holy Spirit to enter our lives, allowing us to speak in tongues. Thanks, Bruce. We are following a good, good father. God will never leave us. Even when we forsake him, he's always there to restore our life and make you whole again. I thank God every day for the blessings that we have. And guys, even if it's a small blessing that you get, just say thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome, Bernard. Thank you. And finally, um, Nastasha, I'll ask you to share. That is an amazing testimony. Wow. Um, Yeah, I just want to share with you about how God has increased my boldness this year. Um, So this year has just been amazing in terms of stepping out and um, actually sharing the love of Christ Jesus with people in my workplace, with people in the mall, with people in restaurants. This never happened before, but this year it has. And so I just want to share with you about my journey. So for the last few years, I've been, when I read the Bible, I see what Jesus looked like, and I'm like, I want to be like Jesus. And for me, Jesus did four things over and over. He preached the kingdom of God, he raised the dead, he cast out demons, and he healed the sick. Do you know how many times he healed the sick? He healed the sick, he healed the sick. And I'm like, I want to see this through me, but I'm not. It's not playing out in my life. And um, in the beginning of this year, we did a whole term in church, And in our small groups, week after week on healing, on physical healing. And I was like, Lord, I want to see you heal through me. So um, I would, before um, church, I would be praying and I would be asking God, Lord, I want to have faith. I don't just want to go sit in church and listen about healing. But when they call up people afterwards, I want to go and pray with faith for people to be healed of anything. And so I would be nervous when it starts getting to that time. And then I go up and I, I pray for people. And for the first few weeks, um, I didn't see anyone healed when I prayed for them. And I think the fourth week, like I'm still going to go up. And I was praying with a lady. Um, she had an ankle injury for years. And I got to sit on the floor and it was loud, the worship, and no one could hear me. And I was just speaking to that ankle and I'm like, Lord, I know you can heal. I know you want to heal. I'm desperate to see you heal through me. Heal her ankle. And 
I asked her and she said it, it was healed. So it was healed. And then, <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden in my workplace, every person I spoke to, there was some disease, hectic stuff, some sickness from cancer to, I think it's called endometriosis to insomnia, everything. And I'm like, Jesus can heal. It's happening in our church. Jesus wants to heal through me. So I started praying for everyone, at least 15 women. And the one lady, she got healed of insomnia. At that stage, she'd been suffering for years. At that stage, she couldn't sleep for more than five minutes at a time. She would sleep, wake up, the pills, nothing helped. We prayed, and now she sleeps through her alarm. It's months later. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's another lady at my work who we prayed for her dad to be healed of cancer. There was cancer. You went for three tests. We prayed each of those days, no cancer. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, it didn't stop there. In the fourth term, we've been doing this year um, evangelism and stepping out. And so in our small group, we started a culture of sharing testimonies. So every week, I'm hearing of people in our small group stepping out somewhere and what God is doing. And it like, it stirs you, it stirs your faith, it excites you, it encourages you. So everywhere I'm going, I get to share the love of Christ with people. Like, this is not how I used to be. Like, now I'll stand at the lady in the shop that's weighing the fruit and I'll pray with her and I'll pray with this one who's walking with crutches and like it's just happening everywhere and sometimes it's seven plus people a day and I'm like this is amazing like I feel so free I can I can just share the love of Christ wherever I go nothing's holding me back anymore and um yeah I can honestly say I think if I didn't come to church every single Sunday at small group every single week. I think I've missed three services when I was in Cape Town. But I wouldn't be this stirred and this excited and be seeing this stuff happening every week. So, um, yeah, from glory to glory, I'm excited for next year. Awesome, those are fantastic stories. Can we just give all four of them a hand again, please? And can we give God a hand for what He's done? Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Like I said earlier, uh, we're doing things a little differently, so I just want to share a short message with you, something that's been on my, my heart for a while. Um, in fact, I... This comes from a devotional I read probably five plus years ago, and it's something that's just stayed in my heart. I probably can't tell you a single other devotional that I've read except for, for this one. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive right into to the scripture that it was based on and, and just introduce the concept um, by doing this. It's Luke uh, verse, uh, sorry, chapter 2, verses 25 to 28, and you can follow on the screen. By the way... Um, I think it's been introduced to you, but if you have the Bible app on your phone, um, we, our services are now currently uploaded on there as an event. So you can, you can go in, log in, go to the menu. Uh, you can do it right now. I don't mind if you want to look down at your phone instead of at me. Go there, uh, click on events. Just make sure your GPS or your location is on, and you will find, it will find you. We are the only church in East London doing it. 
So it says there, Shofar East London. Click on it. You'll find all the announcements and all the scriptures on there, and you can make notes and everything. It's revolutionary. Okay. All right. But anyway, um, you can just follow with me on the screen if you're not that technologically savvy. Okay. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. This is probably the simplest message I've ever preached. Quite simply, Simeon was there. When something happened, when when one of the biggest moments in his life was about to transpire, he was there. He He got a word from the Lord, said, go to the temple. Now, we don't know all that much about Simeon. He was an old man, but he must have had something to do during the day, I'm sure. He would have, whatever, gone to the market or done something that, that old men do in those times. Um, but he received a word from the Lord and he was led to the temple that day and he went and he was there. And we don't know what time uh, Jesus came through there, what time his parents brought him through. He could have been there from 11 and they only came at 3 or, or whatever. But he responded and he was there. And something, the, probably the greatest spiritual moment of his life when, when he was able to, because he saw, he saw baby Jesus and he, he, he prophesied over him and was able to die. Um, he was able to die in, in peace because he had seen this moment, quite simply because he was there. And the reason why I've, I've, I've asked four people to share this morning too is, well, firstly, because I, I want us to, to hear what God is doing. I want us to celebrate um, what he's been doing this year. But there's a common thread in each of those stories that you may not have picked up. And quite simply, they were there. They were there. They were there when when the event was happening, when something was going on. They they were here when when, when church was was happening. For for Laura, she made a commitment to say, I'm going to attend Bible school because I want to grow. I want to learn more about God. I want to be there. And each and every Tuesday, I think her attendance was very good as well, she was there listening. She was there learning. She was there growing. She was there. And her life has changed. I think Brad said that she, he's not married to the same woman that he, that he was last year. She looks the same. She's got the same name, but she's not the same person inside. And her family has changed as a result of it. She testified to it. Her daughters are doing fantastic things because they chose to position themselves in a place where God is moving. Call the same. He showed up every day. If you don't know Cole, it's probably because you haven't been here much. <laughs> Cole is here every day. Okay? Every, every day that this place is open, Cole is there. He's serving. He, he, you're supposed to be an usher, like, I think, once every, every four weeks or every three weeks. He ushers every week. Yeah, twice as well. M- mornings and evenings, he's there. And then he's there at the youth, and he's there at Ignite. Everywhere, he is there. There's a hunger inside of him to be where God is and to be amongst God's people. And the results are, are, te- are, are telling. He, I mean, he, he knows it, how much he's grown from last year, December, to this time. And we can see it too. 
We've seen the way he grows as a result of him simply being here, being where God is. Bernard, another fantastic story. You said, we've done the marriage thing. We've done encounter one. We've, why haven't you done encounter two? <laughs> encounter three, encounter, we'll, we'll excuse you. Encounter four, he's done them all. He's here at the services. People, God is moving at Shofar East London. It's the same for Nastasha. She's here all the time. These two in front are rocking this church. They're leading the Ignite Prayer Ministry. Stefan's preaching. Nastasha's up here doing announcements. They're sharing their heart. And they're going outside too. They're taking the church outside. But they come here first. They come here every Sunday. And they also do the morning and evening thing. There's a commitment in these people's hearts. Sometimes. There's a commitment from these people to, to be here. So my question to you on this day when we reflect and we look back at the year, is can we say, I was there? Can we say, I was there? Because unlike Simeon, we don't actually need a word from the Lord to say, come to church on on January the 14th, 2018. We don't need to be led to the temple. I'm telling you right now, I can tell you in plain English, God is here. And when you come, God will be here. And God is moving here. Great things are happening in this church. People are encountering God. I don't know what it is. I don't think we're doing anything fantastically well. A lot of churches are doing a lot of good stuff all over the world. But God has chosen us. He's chosen to abide here and to move here. And people are being set free. Souls are coming to Jesus through things that we are doing. And there's Sunday services, and there's small groups, and there's these encounters that we speak of, and there's Ignite Prayer Ministry, all sorts of things. So many things happening. We're we're quite a busy church. We we like to get people involved and get them plugged in, get them socializing, even just a a, a get-together. God can show up. I've learned so much from people in this church, just living just living the way that they live, just living out Christ in, in, in simple situations. It's the fellowship that, that also counts in, in this place. But why, I, wanna, I just want to ask us, why is it so important though? Why, why does it actually, what difference does it make if we attend or not? What difference does it make to your life? You might say, well, what do you actually care whether I'm here or not? I'm going to give you four reasons. Four reasons why why we should be, why 2018 should be a year when we can say, I was there. Okay, number one is do it for you. There was a a letter written into the editor of a newspaper that, that read like this. I've gone to church for 30 years now. In that time, I've heard something like 3,000 sermons, but for the life of me, I can't remember a single one of them. So I think I'm wasting my time, and the pastors are wasting their time too. So this caused quite a, um, quite a ruffle of feathers in the, in the community, and people started writing back, and eventually one letter came in a couple of weeks later and read like this. I've been married for 30 years now. In that time, my wife has cooked some 
32,000 meals. But for the life of me, I cannot recall the entire menu for a single one of those meals. But I do know this. They all nourished me and gave me the strength I needed to do my work. If my wife had not given me these meals, I would be physically dead today. Likewise, if I had not gone to church for nourishment, I would be spiritually dead today. We need to eat, people. And this is where we get fed. If I'm honest about, about my 2017 and, and, and my church and, and event attendance, it hasn't been great. Um, okay, I've, I've got a small family, uh, a young family, should I say, small daughters. Uh, so physically I can't always be there. I need to, I need to help at home, and, and, and that's part of my, my ministry as a, as a, as a husband um, and a father. But something happens. Something happens when you, when you aren't here with everybody all the time. And yes, you might say my excuse is valid, but I'm sure there are times when I, I probably could have tried harder. You know, we tend to lean on some of our excuses, don't we? But it's, it's the whole picture of a, of, a, of a coal in a fire. When all the coals are together, there's a, there's a heat that stays, and that sticks, and you burn, you burn bright when you're all together. But slowly as that coal rolls away or, or gets further out, you start to grow cold. And that's exactly what, it, what, what has happened to me in 2017. 2017 hasn't been a fiery year for me, unfortunately. And yes, as I say, there's, I'm in a season, and, um, and my, my girls are going to grow, and I'm, I'm able to just have a bit more freedom to, to get involved and, and, and spend a bit more time at church and get involved in things. But it, it just highlights something to me that this is what happens to us. And it's a slow thing. That coal just slowly like rolls off the top and eventually ends up in the side of the fire. And slowly and slowly you just grow colder. Don't do that. Come. Be there. Get to where the people are hot, where the fire is raging. That's where we, where we can burn. So do it for you. Come for yourself. Because at the end of the day, we travel a road that ends, in, that ends in a fork or at some point splits. And when we get pushed along one of those ways, it's an eternal, it's an eternal path for us. I don't want to end up going down the wrong path. I don't know where you want to spend eternity, but I want to be in paradise. I don't want to be in the fiery pit of torture and burning and all sorts of ugly things. But I need to stay, I need to stay hot. Otherwise, that slowly happens. And by the time I know it, I'm so far from the fire and all of a sudden I'm here at the end of my life and I'm being forced down a road that I don't want to go down for eternity. Stay close to the fire. Do it for yourself. That scripture there, Hebrews 10 says, and let us not, 10, sorry, verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We are in the end times, people. We don't speak a lot of fiery brimstone, heaven and hell kind of stuff here, um, but it's the truth. Our lives are going to end. Our roads are going to come to that T-junction, that fork in the road. And unfortunately, we can't stand there and say, ah, I actually want to go that way. The decision gets made way back. We grow, slowly grow cold, and slowly just... Actually, we don't even realize that, we're, that we missed the fork. Do it for yourself. Number two, do it for me. 
And not just me. What I mean is do it for the person next to you. Do it for the person behind you. Do it for the person on the other side of the church. Ephesians 4 verse 16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You may not believe this, but you're part of this church for a reason. And you have your own special part to play in this community. It's something that I can't do, something that Carl can't do, nothing that Bruce can do. It's something that only you can do. You have a special part to play. If you don't have your little pinky toe or something, your balance sucks, I think. I'm, so, I'm, so I'm told. I've got mine, so I'm not too sure. But the smallest, most insignificant things, the Bible speaks of the fact that if we were all an eye, how would we hear? Each of us plays such an important role in this church. And we've kind of coined this, this term, I guess if this was Twitter, we'd hashtag it, but it's not so... This phrase of the miracle is in the house. Something that Andre has been, been speaking a bit about uh, recently in, in, in some of our meetings and stuff. The miracle is in the house. We don't need Andy Stanley or Bill Hubbles or Reverend T.D. Jakes or whoever you want to come and preach a word here. No. We've got four ordinary, everyday people who can come and bless us through their testimony and challenge us. I'm challenged to go out and be bolder. I'm challenged to get more involved. I'm challenged to commit to something. I'm challenged to, to, when I hear God's voice, to move and to act on it. And each and every one of us has something to contribute to this house. But you can't do that if you're not here. You can't do that if you're not going to attend. We need to grow for ourselves. We need to grow for our brothers and sisters. Do it for you. Do it for me. Because I need you. I need the gift that you've got. In order for me to, to become fuller. To become whole. Number three. Do it for them. Nastasha basically kind of preached this point. Do it for those people outside. If she never grew in boldness... Seven people a day would not get prayed for. Fifteen ladies in her work would not get prayed for. Someone would still be sleeping five minutes a night on and off. We need to do this for those outside. We are the hands and feet of Jesus here. We need to attend. We need to grow. We need to be challenged. We need to grow in boldness. We need to find out. We need to come out of our shells of being introverted. We need to go and teach the kids. So much stuff we need to do. So much stuff we can do here by being present. Because people matter. There are lives out there that count so much. There are people on God's heart. And each of us has these little circles that we touch wherever we go. In our workplace, there's a group of people who, who we touch. And when we go out over there in the shops, we, there's, a, there's a group of people that we touch. Picture all these circles moving around East London. All of them have got a, a specific area that you need to reach. People that I don't see. There's people who work here for 
Daimler Chrysler, Mercedes-Benz. I don't go anywhere near there. I can't touch them. You can. You're there. So come here and get fed, get taught, and go out and touch those people in those areas. Do it for them. Alan actually um, shared a testimony, not the one this morning, but he shared with us yesterday um, on, a, on our elders group just about, about something that um, he, had a, he had a work trip in Botswana, um, and, and the site was 500 k's away, so he was traveling with uh, his clients who he had, he had met for the very first time, and, and they started chatting about Christianity and, and church, and, and then he said, he said, the guy said to him, yeah, he actually wants to, he wants to sometime get back to church, and, and Alan simply shared with him that he, can, that he can pray and he can accept Jesus, and the very next morning he tells him that, uh, no, last night he prayed and he accepted Jesus. And then he dropped him off at, um, at the airport, and, and, he, and the guy asked Alan just to, to pray for him again. You know, that kind of boldness and stuff, that's the kind of stuff we're learning here. You won't get that if you're sitting in your room every Sunday evening. You can plug your earphones in and listen to worship music and, and, and read the scriptures. That's good stuff, but it's here. This is, this is the furnace. This is where we, where we learn. And then we can go out, and we can do it for them. Come here, get fueled, get fed, so we can go out and do it for them. And finally, the fourth thing is do it for him. Colossians 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Give God glory in everything you do. I believe if, you, if you're hitting those first three points... If you're coming here and you're doing it for yourself, you're getting fed, you're getting built up, you're learning, you're growing. If you're serving, if you're helping one another in this place, if you're, if you're, if you're filling, fulfilling God's will in your life, if, you, uh, if you're using your, your giftings and your talents to, to serve the body of Christ, and if you're then taking that out to the people, I believe you're bringing glory to God. Amen. Can we get a flag celebration here? Wave it, Amelia. <laughs> anyway, those four things, guys. That's all that it is. This is, like I say, it's a, I just want to. I just want to speak a simple message. I actually don't want to overshadow the um, the testimonies that have that have come out this morning. I just want to celebrate God, and I want to give you. I want to put to, just a, a tool in your hand. These these four simple things, so that when 2018 comes around, you can stand up and say, "I was there." If you can't say it proudly now, if you, if you look back on the year and there's not so much growth or even a bit of backsliding, like I said, it, it, today is a new day. Next year is a new year. I want you to be able to stand up and say, in 2018, I was there. Now just to, to help you out further, there's a, there's a card on, on every second chair or so, the Going Deeper cards, you'll, you, most of you will know them. But I want you just to, <clears throat> actually right now, just take a, take a moment and, and have a look at that. We've spoken about a number of things through, through the testimonies and um, through what I've said, just of, of things that we do here in church, opportunities that are available for you to, to plug in um, and to attend and, and, and to commit. So 
go through there and, and determine what is your next step. For Bernard, it's encounter two, that's for sure. He can fill that in, no problem. <laughs> for others, it might be encounter four, maybe it's other things. Um, none of these things right now, have, we haven't really got dates set for anything, so um, that might be scary for some of you to sign up for something you don't know, but that's part of this morning, to commit to something. You know, there's, there's actually something else about the hearts of, of all these people and you know, I've drawn it back to something very simple in that they were here, they were, their physical presence was here in the building, they attended an, an event, but I believe there's something else, and that is a heart that was surrendered and a heart that was committed to God before the time. You know, Laura, as a, as a mother of, of, of two children and a, um, a wife to another one, um, <laughs> She has a, a, a full week, and, and, and her, both her and Brad lead a, lead a small group on a Wednesday. Bible school meetings were a Tuesday night, but she committed to that. You know, that's, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. And she had a heart that was surrendered to God and, and, and one that, that wanted to, to learn and grow more. You know, so although she was there, she had already made a decision in her heart that she was going to be there. She was going to attend, not just in presence, but in spirit too. So make a note there of, of something you need to do. Um, you'll just drop the card. You can drop the card at the back or you know, drop it at the back. Um, and we, we'll get in touch with you when there's an encounter two or an encounter three coming up. Um, and, and you can go through the process. But more than that, I want you to just commit to something in your heart. You know, as, as well as these four, there's, there's examples in the Bible of, of the disciples who, you know, they waited together in the upper room. When Jesus promised to pour out his spirit, they came together and they waited there. Probably the most dramatic moment in Christian history. And they could have been at rugby practice, you know? But they were there. They were there when something super significant happened. What about the four guys who, who carried their buddy through on the, on the mattress and dug through the roof because they heard that Jesus was in town and they lowered him to the feet of Jesus with such raw faith that he could be healed and he was. But they committed to, to getting there. They heard that Jesus was moving and they, they got there. They were there. Simple, simple message for you guys this morning to take through to 2018. Can you say in some Sunday in December next year in 2018 that I was there? I think it's a, I think it's a good challenge. And I'm taking it myself too. I, I love to preach because I always preach to myself. 2018 must be a year when, when, where I'm there more, when I'm there in heart, when I'm committed, when I'm surrendered to the Lord.